are listening to the official podcast of the congregation, a place of discovery with Pastor Tim. Um, I have a special message for you. I am, the title of my message is Let's Live a Spirit-Empowered Life. And uh, so I want to give a little bit of a, a foundation to, you know, when we talk about, you know, Rebecca's saying about the Messiah and God with us. And uh, really, the Christmas is really to celebrate uh, our Messiah, our Savior. And, um, you know, all of us have had already our, our Christmas. This is a Christmas um, uh, weekend right now. So we're all still in the spirit of Christmas. We're still connecting and Zooming family and calling people. So um, we just really, really uh, pray for you and hope that this is a uh, uh, been a Christmas of joy and also a Christmas of healing. And I really want to encourage you this morning and give you the word of God so that uh, we can stand on the principles of God. We can stand on the power of God uh, through Jesus. So we do celebrate the king and the birth of King Jesus. He's the savior of the world and he was born bringing redemption to all those who believe, restoring all things. The Bible says all things. Someone say all things. And now through his spirit, it has been passed to us. So the redemption and the work of the cross, the birth and the crucifixion, resurrection has been, that power has been passed to us and we have been given everything we need. So I want to say that again. Through Christ, you have everything that you need. The Father is working through Jesus, and now the Spirit is working through you, through me. So someone say, amen. That is good news. So now we are leaving 2020. Now, I don't know about you, but 2019 was a tough year for us. It was, I mean, you know, you take an inventory and you think, all right, you know, these are great. And you're always looking at the positive. You're always looking at the things that are growing. So there was a lot of great things that happened in 2019. Uh, but I was really ready for 2020. I, you know, we had big plans. We have big plans from the church. And uh, then 2020 hit. And by February, things started cracking. And um, so... We all have gone through a very, very trying 2020. Um, but in the trying in, and in the suffering and in the tribulations, God is with us. And I really do believe that there is so many treasures and so many things that we have really learned, not only as people in humanity, but we have learned so many things about God and about his kingdom, and about his faithfulness. Now, suffering has been a big part of 2020. But, you know, Jesus has an answer for us. And he says that, you know, through suffering, there is uh, perseverance, and there is uh, character that will be built. And there are promises that will be fulfilled even through the suffering. So, you know, those are all these things that we learn from his word and from his kingdom. But there is a scripture that I um, am going to read uh, in its 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 
that I want you to keep that in mind as we're leaving 2020 and now going into 2021. And the scripture says like this, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So it's very interesting how the Bible says, let light shine out of darkness. What am I saying? That there has been some darkness. There has been some real darkness in 2020. Um, it's been dark where it has brought confusion, division, and it has brought suffering. It has brought a lot of deaths. We have now in the United States, over 300,000 people have died from this virus. Uh, if you think about those numbers, those are real people. And if you think about those people, you think about families. You think about all the families that were touched by this loss. You also think about the jobs that were lost. You think about the small businesses that we don't have anymore, your local stores, your local restaurants. Um, you talk about, you know, families going through um, a lot of hardship. Uh, you know, there's a, there was a lot of things that happened. I mean, in California, we had severe fires, and many people lost their homes. Um, we, we had um, earthquakes, and we had, I mean, you name it. it, it you know, we had a, a, a very um, a political battle uh, that brought division in, in this country and, uh, unfortunately, in the church. But God is um, a God that brings and restores and brings back the unity. So what he's saying here is, look, let the light shine out of the darkness. And so that light, he's saying, is in you and me. So we are taking our responsibility to shine that light even through the darkness, even through sickness, even through COVID, even through political uh, battles, that we shine the light and we stand for unity. Someone say unity. We stand for unity in everything we do. Why is that? Because Jesus is in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And uh, he is a unified God. You know, his nature and his presence will always bring unity. He will not divide, he will bring unity. And that is that light shining out of the darkness. And we have this treasure, the Bible says, uh, as I read on, uh, we have this treasure in jars of clay, which is, he's saying, we have this treasure in us, that this all-surpassing power from God is in us. And I love what this says. It says, we are hard-pressed. We've been hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. Amen. Someone say amen. We have been perplexed, confused, but we are not abandoned. Amen. Some of us have been struck down, but not destroyed. Amen. This is good news because we carry the, the crucifixion, life, the death of, of Christ in us, but we also carry the resurrection. Someone say resurrection. We carry the resurrection life of Jesus in our lives. And that is the light that shines in the darkness. So now that we're heading into 2021, 
Um, I think there has to be a strategy, a spiritual strategy that all of us must get. And we must hold on to that strategy, but we must participate in the strategy. Things are moving so fast that we, you know, I like what Tim's story says, if you don't do something with life, life's going to do something with you. And God, I just read it, God has given us as people of God through Christ the power to stand and be the light. Now, when he gives us the power, he brings an anointing. You know, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Let me say that again. So when you profess that you are a Christian and you follow Christ, you are saying, I stand with the anointed one and his anointing. Now, some people, they, they say, Pastor Paige, you know, I don't know the calling of my life, and I don't really know, and you're anointed because you preach and you do this, but I don't feel anointed. I said, oh, sister, you are anointed. You have professed Christ in your life. You have professed the Savior of the world in your life. I said, you have the anointed one and his anointing in you. I said, all I need to do is teach you how to activate it because it's in you. You don't even need to pray for it any longer. You just need to know it by knowledge. You need to know it by revelation, and then you need to activate. So when you're going into 2021, I'm telling you, you are anointed. Someone say with me, I am anointed. So you need to grasp that. And you got a promise. Every one of us, when you start to really walk out your Christian walk, you're going to realize when you start reading the word of God, you're going to realize I've got a promise. There's, I've just read you promise in the act of giving. And we, th we think about the promises of God. And, you know, I remember when I just really first came into the um, Christian faith, the first thing I, I heard about was, you've got a promise from God. You've got a destiny. God has something special for you to do in life. You're not a mistake. You have value. And not only do you have value, but you have power. And not only that, you have been given dominion to do the things of Christ and far greater. And I'm like, I'm 28 years old and I'm a waitress. I don't, I can't even tie my shoelaces. Like, what's going on? But I had to learn and I had to receive the promises of God through his word. And let me tell you, I, it got in. It got into my heart and I began to act these things out. Uh, so I love this. Tim gave an illustration on this teaching and I believe it was a podcast or it could have been on um, Family Strong. So I'm going to actually steal this teaching from Pastor Tim. Is that okay? Because, you know, a good word you got to share. And um, I remember I was speaking to Oral Roberts years ago, and he said that he, he, has, he would develop a, a, a sermon. He said, I would preach that sermon 25 times. And he would preach it by memory. And he said, I'd preach it 25 times. And he said, and then it finally became a part of my life. And so great information, revelation, needs to be passed on and needs to be taught. So Pastor Tim was teaching, and I just, I was listening to this podcast, and I just woke up inside, and wow, I want to share this. And he said, when you have a promise, you know you got a promise, he said, because um, 
when you're a kid, he says, when a kid goes into a Target and he goes down the aisle and he's looking for toys, he's not looking for the smallest, most boring toy, right? You guys, okay, I got some men here. You are looking for the big truck with the big wheels and your imagination is going crazy. And you're like, ooh, I would love to do this. And I want the big, you know, Tonka toys or I want the Legos or I'm going to build something or you know, the girls, I'm going to dress up and I want to do this. And so we, you see, that promise, that destiny is already shining out of us even as children. I'll never forget, you know, who knew that Tim and I would be in the ministry? Who knew that, uh, you know, when he was seven and, you know, I'm six years older than him. And I mean, who knew? But yet when we were kids, we uh, would go in our closets uh, and we would have these sliding glass doors. We would gut out our closets and we would create a stage. Duh. And I would make a microphone with foil. And I, we didn't think about preaching or teaching. We were Catholics at the time, so we just went to you know, made my, you know, we made our uh, confirmation for his Holy Communion. You know, we would go and we would light candles. And I always loved Mary because she always looked so nice and clean and happy. And when she always had blue on. Poor Jesus. He was always crucified, dead, bleeding, something. I just couldn't figure out what, what, he's go, what was going on there when I was a kid. But I did like Mary. And, uh, you know, she was always so sharp. And I would always go light candles. And I was, and, you know, and, and I would pray. Uh, but I... I, you know, that's all we knew. But what we really loved, we loved Motown. I mean, we loved Motown, Temptations, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson. So we would get out the closet and I would make the microphones and I would go and got, get all dressed up like Diana Ross and Tim would be Michael Jackson and we would perform. We were in the closet performing and our audience were all of our neighborhood kids. We looked like Charlie Brown and all the Rugrats. I mean, it was really amazing. And we would come up with all of these different talent shows. We did this for years. You see, our destiny was already shining when we were kids. I shared a couple of weeks ago that Tim got a new bicycle for Christmas. And I'll never forget, he got on that bicycle. He was five or seven or something. I mean, he was little. And he took off. He just, he just took off. He just wanted to see the world. He got on that bicycle, and he just wanted to see the world. We looked for him for hours. And I found him in a riverbed, lost. And um, I said, what were you thinking? He goes, I just wanted to see what was outside of our yard. That destiny was already shining in him. He's already traveled over 75 different countries of the world. You see, so there is a promise. Someone say promise. So now we got to get the mindset so that we can be renewed because the mind needs to be um, in line with the spirit man in us. And uh, I'm going to read this because Tim said like this. Our mindset needs to be renewed to what the spirit man already knows. See, because when God speaks to us, he speaks to us by the spirit. So when he's giving you promises and he's revealing who you are, he's doing it 
by the Spirit. And he's speaking to your heart, not your brain. He's speaking to your heart. So when you begin to renew your mind, your mind starts to pick up what the Spirit already knows. So we have the promise of great things, but now we need to have the principle of great things. And the principle of great things is the Word of God. It's the knowledge. We need to have the knowledge in order to project the promise. So in Romans 12, it says this, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So there are patterns in this world. Tim did a phenomenal job the other day, uh, a couple weeks ago, when he talked about that he didn't have to live, we don't have to live under the pattern of the world. We don't have to live under confusion, division. We don't have to live under conspiracies. We can live under the principles of God. And God is what? You can trust him. He tells you the truth. He's honorable. He has character. He has intelligence. The spirit of God has intelligence. He guides us and leads us in good faith. He's faithful. He's love. He's mercy. You see, so we can be under those patterns, under those directions as we are in Christ. Now, here's the benefit. He said, when you renew your mind, he said, then you will be able to approve what the will of God is in your life. Man, that's the mystery, guys. We want to know who we are in him, right? We want to know our value in life. And we want to prosper. You'll be like a tree in, in uh, Psalms 1. It says that, you know, don't sit in the seat of mockers. He said, your delight is in the law of the Lord. Meditate on it. He said, in everything you do, you shall prosper. So you don't want to sit in the seat of mockers. You don't want to sit in the seat of criticism. You don't want to spread bad news on the Internet. Uh, you don't want to get into all of that. You want, to, you, you want to be able to meditate on the word of the Lord, and everything you do will prosper. Man, this is good preaching. I'm going to amen myself. Paige, you're doing really good. I love it. So... In order to renew your mind, you need to fill yourself with the principles. Not only does it renew your mind, but it drops down in your spirit. So as you renew your mind, it literally, you need to fill your mind with the principles to the point that it drops down into your spirit. And then you have the mind of Christ and the mind of the heart in your spirit. And these two will come into sync together through the promise and the principles. And you bring it into sync. Now, you, you do it by filling your life with the principles. And you bring it into sync. And then you begin to act out and walk in faith through the word of God. I love what Tim says. He said that I did this, and I do this every day. He said that the principles are in my bones. He said it is in my bones. It is consuming of who I am. So when a problem comes, I'm not going to react with my natural abilities. 
I'm not going to react with my charismatic personality. I am going to react with the principles of God. Whoo, that's good. Someone give me a big amen. Give me some emojis or, yeah, because we're, we've, we've, got a, we've got a great crew here. We've got a great staff here. But, man, wouldn't it be great if we had 800 people sitting in here right now? You guys would be shouting. But as we get in sync, so you think about it again. The promise we have from God. The principles come from the word of God. And the principles will actually be the ones that we, when we go to battle, we bring in the principles of God in our lives. There was one time years ago, Stefan, Pastor Stefan was two years old. He's my son. And um, I was living in the country of Sweden, and I got a severe virus pneumonia. And when you have a virus pneumonia, uh, antibiotics, antibiotics do not work. So I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And I remember um, I was separated from my family, um, and uh, I was living in Sweden uh, with my husband. And I was so sick, um, I ended up in the hospital for a couple weeks. Um, and I was standing in faith for my healing. And I'll never forget, the doctors came in. There was a few doctors, maybe about five doctors, because they had to you know, give me this news that all these antibiotics were not working on me, and I was suffocating. My lungs were being filled with fluid, and I was suffocating. And it was, I can see that it was very difficult for them to say. Now, I was in the room by myself. My husband wasn't there. Um, my son, Stefan, of course, wasn't there. And, um, but the doctor said, but we noticed that you have a lot of uh, Bibles on your nightstand. So we noticed you're a woman of faith. And I said, I said, I really respect you as professionals, but I, I know a healer. I know a healer, and his name is Jesus. And I spoke that boldly, you guys, because I knew that I knew that I knew that I wasn't supposed to die. I knew it. Why? Because I had a promise. I had a promise from God. And I, and I held on to that promise, and I said, I'm not supposed to die. I'm not supposed to suffocate. Uh, I'm not supposed to have collapsed lungs. I'm supposed to live because I want to raise my son, and I want to uh, speak in Sweden. And I'm, I have a promise that I'm supposed to bring the presence of God to so many churches in the countries of Sweden and then uh, all across Europe, and I, I got I to get out of this bed. And I said, so I respect what you're saying, but I've got a promise. So now what I had to do, I had to get the principles. I had to get those principles, the word of God in my heart. I had to get them deep down in my spirit. I had to know that I knew that I knew that I would not die. I got crazy. I got so crazy at this one point that I was like, okay. So my husband comes to the, do to the hospital, and he I tell him the bad news. And he tells me, uh, he's crying, and I'm saying, you know, Sieg, I said, um, this is what I need you to do for me. And it was so cute because he was crying, and I just kind of slapped him and said, snap out of it. We got, we got, we got warfare here. And... As I was laying there telling him, I said, I've got a promise, and I just need you to uh, check out Swedish law so that 
I don't want you to bury me. I says, and I want you to call my brother Tim because he's the only one that I know that will have the guts and the faith to come and raise me up if I die. I mean, that's how much I had the promises of God in my bones. And I'm telling you, I stood in faith and I was raised up and I was out of that hospital and out of the hospital in three days. In three days, I was out of there and I was completely healed. And I am standing here today because I'm living in my promise. And you are standing. See, God is faithful. So as we are battling right now, we want to battle with the word of God. This is the life of hope for 2021. And really, guys, it's an act. It's an act of our will. It's an act of our will. When things hit us, we've got to stand in Christ. And we have to operate through the promises and through the principles of God's word. God's not trying to get us to inquire in something. He wants us to cooperate in something. So we want to cooperate with the promises of God. And finally, I want to close with this. And you guys can come up and start to, to uh, minister in music. You know, when you think about the things that we have gone through and the things, you know, my office, uh, you have called, people have called every single day in my office. And they are telling me the stories about aunts and uncles that have passed and, 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 and children and jobs that were lost and just things that had happened within the family through this 2020. And um, so I'm, I listen to their stories and I minister to them and we pray on the phone and then we, we actually I share their stories and to, with the prayer team and the prayer team is, is beginning to, you know, they pray for them like seven days a week. And I think about the hope and that our hope has to stay alive in us through these trying times, especially now going into 2021, because we need to go into 2021 with the hope of Christ. So I think about how did Jesus go through his suffering? How did he handle what we're handling? But he had to handle far greater. And uh, for me, I was praying and uh, because things have been happening, I just want to say last week, um, my brother Tim, your pastor, was rushed to the emergency ward, shortness of breath, chills, fatigue. Um, they rushed him to the emergency, and um, people began to pray. And thank God he doesn't have COVID. He had a really severe flu. So it's, it's impacting all of us. Keep him in prayer. He's getting much stronger now. But how did Jesus have to handle, you know, he, he realized the sins of the world was going to come upon him because he was supposed to go to the cross to be crucified, to be raised up so that we can have a Savior and we can go through redemption. And I'm reminded of that story is when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. And I challenge you in closing for 20 
21, I'm challenging you to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, Jesus, he had a task. He had a promise. He had the principles, and now he had to act in faith. And he had to trust in the Father with his entire being. We need to trust God with everything. Everything that we go through. And he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. Why did he go there? He went to pray. He knew that he wanted to do the will of God. He knew that the sins of the world would come upon him, and that had never happened to him before. You see, what we're going through right now, people, this is not normal. People, when they call my office, they said, Pastor Paige, I feel ashamed that I feel so weak. I'm supposed to be strong. I feel ashamed that, you know, I can't stop crying or that I can't get it together right now. You know why? Because people are not only suffering one to two things, they're suffering through multiple challenges in their life. And I I comfort them by his word and I'll say, don't put yourself down because what you're going through isn't normal. You've been evicted from your house. That's not normal. You're educated and you don't have a job. That's not normal. You can't hug your grandkids. You can't, you got to be separated from your friends. You got to isolate, quarantine. That's not normal. You go to the hospital to see a loved one. You can't even get in. That's not normal. When they, when they took my brother, when I called and they said, you know, that they took him to the hospital and, you know, I, I sat there in, in my chair when I learned, listened to that news and I wept because that's not normal that I couldn't go. I couldn't go to see him. So I drove to the hospital and I just went around in circles in the parking lot just to be close to see if he was going to be okay. And I saw a lot of people there. And there was a line of people at St. Jude's Hospital Joseph said there was a line. He said, I've never seen anything like it. There's a line of people that were trying to get help. That's not normal. So don't put yourself down for feeling weak. You don't need to be ashamed. Because when Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, the Bible says that he went and he knelt down and he prayed. And the first thing that came out of his mouth, he said this. He said, he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Now, this is God in his humanity. And he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he went to his disciples. He took three disciples. He said, will you stand with me? Will you watch over me while I go pray? And he went to the Father and he knelt down and he said, Abba, Father, everything is possible with you. Haven't we said that before? Everything is possible with you. But can you take this cup from me? Can you take this cup from me? And he said, not my will, but thy will, Father. And the Bible says that he went back and he looked for his disciples. 
and they were asleep. You see, and when I read that, Rebecca, I realized, you know, I was having a prayer and an intimacy with God that morning. And when I was reading that, I said it like this. I said, Jesus, you were looking for help. You were looking for help because you were deeply distressed and troubled and you were overwhelmed. Jesus was overwhelmed. So you don't need to be ashamed for being overwhelmed. You don't need to put yourself down for feeling weak because by his stripes we are healed now. And when we are weak, he is strong. He was looking for help, and he found them asleep. And the Bible says he went three times. He went three times. He went and he prayed, and he went back again. He checked on his disciples. Are you with me? How many times have we felt like, man, this is a bit much, and you're looking for a spouse, and they let you down? They're not there. And you get upset. You get mad because you're like, man, how disappointing. You're, you're, I thought you got it. I, I thought you understood that I'm overwhelmed. Maybe you called your mom or your sister and they're not interested. And they said, well, you know, you'll, you'll be all right. What are you going to do for uh, Christmas? And you're like, man, they don't get it. Sometimes you feel so alone in your in your processing of the suffering. But Jesus is there and he understands because he went through it. And he went back three different times and he asked, he was looking for help. He finally went back into the garden and the Bible says he got on his knees and he went into the Father and he said, I give you my life. I trust you with everything that I need to go through. I want you to do that. I want you to do that for 2021. We are asking you as pastors to rededicate your life to Jesus. Rededicate your life to Jesus. Those I don't care if you've been walking with God for 30 years. Rededicate your life to Jesus. I am asking you to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm asking you to find God, find Jesus, find the Holy Spirit. Have an awakening. Let him show you who you are. Let him give you and guide you through the principles and the promises of his word so that you can go into 2021 with strength, with vision, and with hope. It is a life of hope. It is our inheritance. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a seal, a redemption, a guarantee that we will succeed in God. And I want to give you that today. Rededicate your life. And if you haven't asked Jesus into your life, this is the time. This is the moment. This is the message that is for you. God is calling you right now. He's calling you right now. You feel it. You know it in your heart. And it's just a simple prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sin. I receive your mercy and your grace. I receive you now 
Wash me clean by your presence and your love. Heal my heart. Renew my mind. And cause me to see who you are and who I am in you. In the name of Jesus, such a powerful prayer. It will change your life, and it will bring an agent of change. And I want Rebecca to just take us into that worship as we minister to you right now. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Just see it again. You are here. You're moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here. You're working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. I call you waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, see it again. Come waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Say his name again, say it again. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
I'll just say that one more time. You wipe away all tears. You mend the broken heart. You're the answer to it all, to it all. Come on, just say his name again. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Just say it again, Waymaker, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Gosh, I know you feel his presence at home. And we continue to pray for you. We want you to, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just lift up every family. We just lift up every single person. We just lift up in the name of Jesus every person that is listening and is with us in this service this morning. And we rest in you. We find rest in you. I pray that they would find your peace. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the great I am. You are the first and the last. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. You are the morning star. You are Yahweh. And we surrender to you. We ask that you would empower us to step into 2021. That we would step in with confidence and strength and wisdom through your word and through your promises and through your principles. I pray that we would live a life of hope together. I pray for all of our staff. There's such a beautiful unity that has taken place in our staff, in our pastoral staff. I, I just speak for all the pastors. We bless those that have volunteered through the years. We bless those that have given. We pray that the seeds that you have sown into this ministry We'll come back to you 100-fold in return. We pray that grace would be abound, more abound in every good work that you do. We bless you. We stand together with you. And we continue to stand with you. We continue to support you in the name of Jesus because it is possible. All things are possible through him who strengthens me. Come into his presence. Go into the Garden of Gethsemane. Rededicate your life to Christ. Receive Christ, and he will never, ever let you down. God bless you. See you next time. Thank you so much. Also, those that have come in the service late, all the information is there. People are asking us all the time, how can we give to this ministry? And we'd like you to continue to give. Thank you so much for the tithe and the offering. God bless you. See you next year. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the congregation, including gathering times, locations, 
and how you can give and support the community. Check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.